Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. So today I want to talk about something. There was a, a, a line in the, one of the last songs that we sang, and that was, If you gladly chose to surrender, so will I. That is a, such a powerful statement. If you gladly chose to surrender, so will I. And you know, surrender is not an easy thing. I think, I think a lot of times in the natural, we fight up to the point hoping that some way in our own effort we're going to be able to bring about a victory or we're going to be able to bring about change or we're going to be able to see an improvement in our life. But there is an aspect of our nature where we will fight to the end until finally you realize, that you know what? I'm not making any headway and I surrender. I just give up. I surrender. And Luke 18, 27 says something that is very important. Jesus said, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. So when you get to the point of all impossibilities, where you're recognizing in your own strength you're not able to do anything, then God's able to step in and do the impossible. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says this, And he said to me, Paul was talking about a thorn he really wanted to have removed from his life, an area that he was not pleased with. And Jesus said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would, will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. There's an incredible uh, story, a true story, in the Christian secret to a happy life where a Christian went down um, into a dry well and he lowered himself into it by grasping uh, alternately with his right and left hands the rope tied to the opening of the well and as he lowered himself down he suddenly found himself at the end of the rope but his feet had not hit the bottom of the well so he's at the end of the rope and not knowing how deep the well was he thought of at that moment I'm going to go ahead and climb back up the rope and he held on to the rope with both his hands and he realized he had no more strength, no more ability to go up the rope. And he's at the very end of the rope and, and he cries out for help. But the well was situated in a desert and he was at the bottom of the well. Not a good place to be, right? But the well, uh, no matter how loud he cried, there was no one that answered, no one came to his aid. And finally, he was so exhausted 
that he could not hold on to the rope any longer. And he said, finally, Lord, he, pray, he cried out and he said, Lord, I fall now into eternity. And after praying, he loosened his hands from the rope and fell downward. To his amazement, it was a mere three-inch drop. He didn't fall into eternity, but he fell upon the rock of all ages. He fell upon the rock. And the point is that there's, there comes a point in, in our lives when we've got to let go. Because in, in some ways, we don't have the strength to climb back out of the situation that we're in. We're exhausted, and we're at the end of the rope. William Booth says something that, uh, I, I just saw this quote the other day. Eliza got me this wonderful new um, book on, on just great stories of, of uh, patriarchs in the faith. And it says, the greatness of man's power is in the measure of his surrender. And I thought, wow. The greatness of, God, the greatness of man's power is in the measure of how well you surrender. That constitutes someone who is great and moves in the power of God. Luke 18, 27 the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. You know, this portion of scriptures comes from a very familiar story with the rich young ruler. When he asked the Lord, how can I obtain eternal life? And the Lord mentioned only five of the Ten Commandments. And it basically says, I got this saying, man, I've done them all. But then he says, but... You lack one thing. You lack one thing. Sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor. There's a principle here that we need to really learn and really grasp. And that is that the Lord knew there was one thing this young man could not do. And that was to surrender the control of his riches. To give up his riches to the Lord. You know, there might be times that you surveyed your own life and you might, you might not say it out loud, but you might think it. You know, I'm not as bad as that other person. Uh, you know, I, I don't you know, drink like them. I'm, I'm not partying. I'm, I'm not, you know, critical like them. But you might not struggle even with riches like the young man. Yet God knows there is one area in your life that you do struggle with. God is aware of that area. And if he surveyed your life, just like he did the rich young ruler, he would know of an area that you're struggling with to overcome. He would know that very area that you've been battling with, dealing with, trying to get victory in, trying to get... Uh, some headway in. He knows that area. And he knows that this one area that in and of your own strength, it's impossible to get the victory. 
And this is where he gets all of us to this point where he would ask us a question today. Is there one area in your life that you struggle with overcoming? See, a lot of times God's grace allows one area to remain so that it will reveal your inability. It will reveal that you do not have the strength to overcome this area. And so therefore, it's, you've, you've failed in it, and you've failed in it once, maybe twice, maybe ten times, maybe twenty, maybe a hundred. Maybe there's one area that you struggle with a thousand times. How many times do we need to fail before we cry out and say, I am unable to get victory in this area? I am unable. How many times do we need to fail before we can understand that in and of our own strength, we cannot get victory in any area of your life? So in that, when we get to that point, when we finally say, I surrender, I surrender all. Finally, that's when God can step in and bring about the victory in your life. It's when you step out of the way and let God step in. And it really is, it's a very short step, but it's a step of you getting out of the way. So that the power of Almighty God can flow into that situation and can change it for you. Where you have not been able to get victory. You know, it's ironic that God gave the Ten Commandments to the Israelites. Not for the purpose of them keeping them, but for them breaking them. Because the Ten Commandments was to reveal to them that in and of their own strength, they cannot keep the law. They're sinful. God was identifying the sinful nature of man that they had no ability to stand before a holy God and, and to fulfill all the commandments, all the days of their life. So it was something that revealed the weakness. It revealed the sin within them. They realized that, you know what? We do need God. And they cried out to God. And in the goodness and the grace of our Lord, He came at a time when we needed Him. And He died on a cross so that we could receive help. So the first step to finding victory in your life is to surrender to God completely. You know when you're not letting go when you are flat worn out by trying to get victory in an area. You internally are so tired. You're worn out. The, the drama that goes on in your mind, you feel it in your muscles. Why is it that we hold on when really he's saying let go? He knows these areas in our lives we can't get victory in. He's just wanting to come in and take over and to help us. 
He's just really wanting you not to fight anymore. You know, you might think that you can control your tongue or you can control your anger or you can control your appetite or you can control whatever. But the reality is, if it's an area that you are weak in, you might be able to, you know, like, feel like you're managing it a little bit, you know, a little damage control. But the reality is, is that you're, you don't have victory. And it's something where we've got to come to the end of ourselves and realize, you know what? In and of myself, who am I to think that I can get victory with my critical mind? It's like we, it doesn't all stop with us. It doesn't end with us. You know, there are many temptations, um, I think as many as the sand on the seashore. There's a lot of temptations in life. And, and a lot can come our way. And we all can struggle with temptations. But there's one thing that we will all struggle with. And that is to bestir. Bestir, the word bestir in the Webster Dictionary is to make a physical or mental effort to exert or to arouse yourself. To bestir you. To awaken you to action. It's to get you to do something about it. It's, it's to get you to step in and of your own strength and ability to try to fix something. What the enemy is always tempting us to do is to take action in our own flesh. And, and to step in and think some way, somehow, I can make a change. But don't take the bait. Don't let the enemy provoke you to action. To try to think that in your own ability you can change something. If he can arouse you to take action, basically, in your flesh, you're going to fail every time. If you try to do it yourself, he will eventually get you every single time. So if he can stir you into action, then he's already got a head start on you. So don't be stirred. Don't take the bait. Don't kick in. Think, you know what? You know what? I, I, I laugh about this. But, you know, I, we're still struggling with trying to get our washing machine fixed. <laughs> this Wednesday, I have the seventh washer technician coming to my house they're replacing four major parts in the washing machine this is a brand new washing machine they're changing the mainframe they're changing everything i mean i got a stack of parts on on top of my washing machine for the new washing machine guy or lady to put in and 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 to think that now, I, we are going to see God bring victory in this area. I know we are. It's coming. But I've given up. I said, but, but to think that I can make it change by when I met with the lady in, in Lowe's, and I said, you know, I said, 
You know, I have a warranty that says that, you know, my washing machine is to be replaced. And she said, yeah, I know. And I said, so do you really think they're going to give me a new washing machine? And she said, well, it just depends on how angry you're going to get. I said, well, okay, I'm going to get angry. So I put on Mr. Angry and I gave him everything I got. And it didn't get anywhere. I just look like a fool. I hope, I hope they didn't record it. You know, you know, when you, when you, you know, when you go on the, uh, on the customer service line and they say, and this is, uh, this will be recorded for whatever purposes, you know, I'm like, I hope this wasn't recorded. I'll probably get to heaven and say, Lord said, Hey, you want to hear that again? (laughs) It wasn't pretty. I sure didn't represent my savior. Well, But you know what? I kicked into my flesh. I got stirred up. I got provoked. And I wanted some action. And so I thought, well, if anything's going to get done, it's going to be me. I'm going to get it done. So I repented. I did. But the issue is this. You have to come to the end of your understanding of your own ability so that the victorious one can step in. I know I'm going to have victory in this, with this washing machine. We're, I'm going to have a great story one day. I mean, seven technicians have come to my house. And they all say the same thing. Uh, I did my best. I tried. So we'll just let the next one fix it. So when it becomes impossible for you to fix a certain area of your life, And not fall into the same temptation for the seventh, seventieth time. Does all things become possible with God? So the first step in in this whole understanding is this. Is to take your hands off and to let go. To let go trying to make that area in your life perfect. You know, some people might wonder why, why am I not seeing the power of God help me and deliver me in this area? Well, could it be that you're still in control? Could it be that you still have the hands on the wheel? Could it be that you're still in charge deep down inside And it's frightening for you to let go. Until you take your hands off the wheel, God can't help you. He'll let you ride that as long as you want to ride it. There's going to come a time when, you know, Jesus take the wheel. You know, you've got to take your hands off of it. But God's desire is to set us aside and let Jesus step in to obtain the victory for us. So I have a, I have a really good suggestion for you. When the devil knocks on your door to tempt you, I got one bit of advice. Don't open the door. Just turn to Jesus and say, would you take care of it? Because when Jesus goes to the door and he opens it up and the devil 
sees Jesus, he says, oh, I must have knocked on the wrong door. <laughs> and he leaves. But the reality is, is that you don't need to open the door. Say, Lord, this temptation is too strong for me to deal with. I choose to surrender it right now, Lord Jesus, and you go ahead and open up the door. Because when the enemy sees the Lord Jesus standing beside you and guarding you and defending you, he has no place in you. So in that, allow him to open the door. And then the devil will say, well, I'm sorry, I just knocked on the wrong door today. He'll, he'll have his tail between his legs and he'll run from you. So in that, but I think some people find it most difficult to let go. Because whenever the temptation comes to us, there's always a battle. And the more you try to fix it, the more you will fail in that area. And you might even get a great resolve within you, like muster up your own strength that I'm going to be able to overcome this temptation only to find out that you fall back into it weeks later. And you're simply proving the scripture in Romans 7 that it is true. That to will is present within me to do what's right. But to do that which is good is not. You're just proving that the scripture is true. That everything within you, you will and you want to do what's right. But really at the end of the day, it's not in you to do what's right. And you're going to fall back into that pattern. Instead, we have to believe that the Lord lives in us. And he overcomes for us we have to believe in the victory of the cross of jesus the victory of the cross of jesus can overcome every temptation every situation that we're dealing with that we have to immediately we have to cease from all of our works all of our efforts and let god deliver you you need to really begin to cry and say, you know, Lord, I can't be good enough. I can't change this area. I can't change this thinking that I have, this stinking thinking in my brain. I can't change this attitude that I have, this critical negative attitude. You can't. In and of your own strength, you can't change it. You can't change the desire for that addiction. You're always going to be drawn to it. When are you going to step out of the way and let God step in? When are you going to allow God to step into that area of addiction and let him break it with his power? When you finally surrender all, that is when he steps in. So really, in some ways, it's no longer your problem. You're simply yielding yourself over to the living God. And you're saying, Lord God, have your way in me. So victory, you know victory is when you're not stirred up to do anything about your situation anymore. You said, I've, I've, I've surrendered. I've given up. And that is an incredible posture. Because 
in that surrender, you're not like saying, well, I just give up and sarah, sarah. You're simply in faith. You're believing that right then, the power, the inertia, the, the movement of God is, being, is, is going out of your life to bring about the victory that you're longing for. So victory does not depend on you. Why? Because you've died. Your life has been hidden in Christ Jesus. You are dead in your trespasses and sin. Instead, it's Christ who gains the victory for you, through you. When you let go, God will take over. But you know what? But if you wait for Him to take charge before you let go, God will wait for you to let go before He takes charge. So let go. You know, what would you do if somebody were picking on you continually? You know, when I was young, I was in, I remember in elementary school, I, I, I moved from the, from the country life to the city life. And, you know, I was picked on as a little kid. You know, my dad, I don't know what it was. He had this grease. It was like Crisco. He put it on my hair, you know, and he had a grease down, you know. And, you know, and, and I, I came from where, you know, they, the, the milkman came to our house. They brought eggs to our house. I mean, I, I, I lived in the country, but, and when I came to the city, they all recognized mm, the country boys here. So, you know, I, there was a, a continual bullying. And what would you say to individuals if somebody was picking on you? Well, I'll give you a piece of my mind, or I'll give you a knuckle sandwich. How would you respond to somebody that might be picking on you. But what if you say, Lord, it's not my business right now. Victory is your business. I confess right now, I can't control my temper. But Lord, I know that you can. And I choose to step aside and allow your patience to flow through me. That I can love. I can love my enemy. I can love those that despise me, say evil of me. The scripture says, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. And that is an amazing thought. That there's power that's released in those weak moments when you really would like to just give somebody a knuckle sandwich. And then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. The scripture not only reflects the fact that we must not only confess our weaknesses and powerlessness, but we are to rejoice. We are to rejoice that we are weak in certain areas of our lives. You know, the world looks down on that. The world does not have a value of weakness as strength you know where in the business world you're to turn your weakness into your strength turn it into a strength well that's not in god's economy let your weakness be an opportunity for god's power
to be demonstrated in and through your life. So to walk in victory in your personal life is not done by your own self-improvement or self-help or progress in a certain area of your life. Victory is Christ living in you and overcoming for you. He is living out the victory in and through your life. And He has died on the cross for you to be saved. And He lives in you and in me to overcome. So in that, we've got to realize that we have got to yield ourselves once and for all in the areas that we are weak in so that we can experience unlimited power you know if surrendering or yielding yourself to the lord was the negative side of of this discussion that i'm having with you believing is the positive side you can yield yourself but if you don't believe he has the power to bring about the victory surrendering will be of no avail to you you've got to believe with all of your heart we have to believe the scripture says that he is the vine, we are the branches. It doesn't say that he might be the vine, we might be the branch. He's the vine, we're the branches. He's the head, we're the body. He is Lord, we are not. So, but nonetheless, I can't say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm a maybe be branch. I'm, I'm a wannabe branch. No, you are the branch. That's the reality. That's the truth. That is what God's word says. You are the branch and you will bear fruit. And when you believe that, what happens is that there is Holy Spirit sap that flows down through the vine into your branch and produces the fruit of the kingdom that you're longing to see in your life. Hebrews 11.1 1 speaks of the significance of faith. You know, it's the only verse in the Bible which really gives us a definition of, of what faith is. And that is, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This word Assurance is really a very difficult word to translate into the English language. But I think a more accurate way to translate this is it gives substance to or substantiate, substantiates, which means then that faith is the ability to substantiate a thing that is factual. Faith gives reality to the truth that Christ died for you on the cross. Faith gives reality to areas in your life that are true that will begin to come alive and be a reality and you're able to walk it out in your daily lives. The other day we were having um, dinner with a wonderful family and after dinner two of the children got up and uh, played some beautiful Incredible music on their instruments. And, you know, and we were able to enjoy and appreciate uh, the songs uh, that they were playing. 
because we could hear it. We could enjoy that moment because our ears were taking in the beautiful sounds of their instruments. But you know what? Whoever is deaf, music is foreign, and they're not able to prove the sweetness of the sound of melody with their ears. You're not able to prove it. Faith is really much like that. All the facts of God are real and true, what He has said. But faith alone can verify them as true. They make them a reality in your life. You know, there are numerous things, there are numerous things um, in the world, but every one of them needs some ability to prove them as reality. In the natural realm, our hearing, sight, feelings, and they substantiate the things in the natural realm that they're real. Our sights identify they're real. Our hearing identifies that they're real. In the spiritual realm, this is what faith does. It makes the reality of heaven and what Christ has done for us real. Faith activates the spiritual realm for you. So for instance, the Lord is head and we're the members of His body. And this union between us is a fact that cannot be torn apart. He's the head, we're the body. So the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is a historical fact. But our faith in this reality releases the power of the cross in your life to get the victory in the area that you're struggling with. So when you put your faith in that reality, unlimited power is released for you. So my question to you, so just like the man that came to the end of the rope in the well, have you come to the end of the rope in a certain area of your life? Have you gotten to the end of that rope where there's no more and you don't have the strength to go back up the rope? You don't have any strength within you to change. If you have, it's time to let go. It's time to stop trying to make one area right in your life. It's time to stop using your own strength. It's time to yield yourself completely and say, I surrender in this area of my life. I no longer have any ability to fix it. And I believe that what is impossible with people is possible with God. So have you come to the end of your ability to get victory in a certain area of your life? You know, how many times do we need to fail in a certain area before I say I let go? I'm tired. I can't, I can't do it anymore. And put our faith in believing in an almighty God that can step in and can take over and change things. Has your struggle been with a, an addiction, anger, 
impatience, negativity, or needing to always be in control. Are you ready to yield this area over to God and let His power bring about the victory in your life? Let's let today be the day. You know what Satan's favorite word is? Tomorrow. Oh, you can do that tomorrow. Have one more good try at it. You can do it tomorrow. But you know what? Let's choose to rejoice in our weaknesses this day so that we can see the power of God released in that area that we have no ability in our own self to fix. Are you with me? I really do believe that if you'll embrace what I believe the Lord is, is sharing, you can have a miracle in your life today. You can have a miracle in your life where in an area that you've struggled with for a long time, I think you'd be surprised if you really rewound the tape how long you've been struggling with one area in your life. It's all about victory and the victorious one lives in you. Release him to have victory in that area in your life. To where you are not able to manage anymore. Let today be the day. So why don't you all stand with me? You know, I came into this Sunday... very tired because I've been trying to manage and do a lot of things in my own strength and my own ability and I realized that in preparing for today that I had the Lord just said to me so if you come to the end of yourself Because if you are, then I'm ready to take over. I didn't know if I had anything to share this today at all. And, and you know, every Sunday you say, God, I just pray that I can share your word, share by the leading of your spirit something that will encourage your people. And I'll tell you time and time again, the Lord is faithful even when I don't feel like I have anything to give. And I'm so grateful that the power of the victory of the cross of Jesus, it is a person. Victory is a person. And He dwells within me and He dwells within you. And His name is Jesus. 
You know, the greatest miracle that we all got to realize is that Christ dwells on the inside of you right now. Think about that reality. The majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing God dwells on the inside of you right now. How many times is He waiting and longing to release this glorious victory in your life in an area that you're wanting to get help in? And He's like, I'm right here. I'm right here to step into this situation. I can turn it on a dime. Everything can change. Believe that I dwell within you. I can be released within you to break the power of that stronghold in your life. The glorious Savior dwells within you. Release Him into your situation. And let's see a victory, a miracle take place in your life. Where all of a sudden, the desire to smoke is gone. You have no longer a desire to smoke a cigarette. The power of God is breaking the addiction. And He's setting you free. But you're willing to let it go. God, I can't, I can't stop. Who am I to think I can stop? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking now, Lord Jesus, that you would stand up on the inside of each of us here today. Lord Jesus, stand up and take your rightful place. And we ask today, Lord, that you would have your way. And we declare over an area in our life where we've had an inability to change, that we surrender and we choose to let go this day. We choose to let go this day and yield to you. We yield everything to you, Lord. Have your way in my life. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking God now that your power would be released in this house. I'm asking this day that you would deliver and set free your people. Father, we thank you and we praise you that, Lord, there are times and moments when we need to step aside and let you step in. So we believe in the power of the victory of the cross, Lord. Let that manifest in our lives right now. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name.